Fashion Questions. On each episode, we ask a different question to retail insiders about the fashion industry. This is where they share their views and insights. Brought to you by Hive. The group's fashion portfolio includes Norda at Spring and Autumn Fair, Pure London and Source Fashion. Stay tuned. Welcome to Fashion Questions. Over the past few years, experiential retail has become a buzzword as a strategic way of building customer loyalty and drive business growth. But will this continue to be relevant in the future considering how data is leading the way? Fashion Questions. Can experiential retail drive business growth? I'm Lena Vash, content editor at Hive, and with me in the studio is Kate Ankertil, CEO and founder of Business Futurist Consultancy, GDR. Good morning, Kate, and thank you for coming here today. Good morning, Lena. What is experiential retail and why is it important? Well, I would say that it is the fullest expression of a brand. It's where you have 360 degrees touch points for immersing people in hopefully events and activities which are going to amplify the emotions such that it becomes a memory factory, a place which you will, you know, just remember an experience with your friends and family and you will go back again and again to experience the brand. And who are the retailers who have impressed you the most in this area? Well, there are so many. Um, but if we're focusing on fashion, then obviously, you know, Selfridges has to be in there. It's the sort of top department store year on year. You know, the fact that they have the, the skate bowl over various years, the cinema, all the activities, all the changes in kind of cultural events, it's, it's the obvious for the UK. But in Spain, we have Wow Madrid, which opened earlier this year. That's W-O-W Madrid. And it claims not to be a department store, in fact, not to be a store at all. They say that they are a leisure destination. And it's everything from live music events to uh, high-tech gym to robotic restaurants. And it's about constant change and renewal and you know the kinds of products that you usually uh, direct consumer are not available in your regular department store so that is a great I think example of a reinvention of a tired kind of older model but also Dior in Paris of course Savage by Fenty in LA you know it goes on and on they all have something amazingly experiential immersive learning, uh, cultural, constant change. That's basically the hub of experiential. And how is experiential retail changing customer experience? Well, I think the days of a static, unchanging store is over. If you think about Nike, they are, you know, a great example of understanding that a store is a cultural hub And it should be the place where the tribe that is most attracted to that brand is connected to, for example, that local city. So they bring in all of those kind of sporting facilities that you can access if you are a kind of Nike tribe member and you go for the runs from the store and all that kind of thing. So I think what's changed is the expectation of 
constant difference in the store, um, cultural integration, continuously uh, kind of renewed activities, which change every time you go back, and of course, hospitality. So there's coffee with everything. (laughs) And e-commerce keeps going from strength to strength, but in most cases, the online shopping experience can easily become overwhelming with far too many choices and not enough filters. How can brands and retailers find the right balance between product visibility and UX design? Yes, this is the age-old question. Um, There is a reason why e-commerce is traditionally quite functional um, because, you know, for the big platforms, which tend to be fairly straightforward in their experience, they just need to provide something that consumers understand and can quickly navigate. So it's, you know, it's the basic templates, isn't it? It's everybody's using the same thing, Shopify, Squarespace, Magento, etc., And of course, you know, Amazon's got very clever stuff going on. People like you like this. But essentially, it's not really that experiential. And those which are tend to be moving in the direction of not being what young people consider to be a boring website, or at least 30% (laughs) of them do by our research. Um, It tends to be moving in the direction of social commerce. So that's, you know, the obvious, your TikToks and your Instagrams being, you know, commercialized so that you can shop essentially through narrative storytelling. I think that's the direction that we're moving in, particularly for the young. And many brands are now investing in 3D stores and NFTs on the metaverse. Is this going to become the ultimate shopping experience? I personally would say that nobody knows. It truly is too early to say. But I think if you listen to the likes of the CEO of Ralph Lauren at last year's NRF Big Show, he said he had sold 100,000 items of digital clothing in a few weeks uh, for between $1 and $3 each. So somebody's making some money somewhere in the metaverse. (laughs) (laughs) But who knows? It may have cost him more than that to create um, that digital environment. I think it was in Roblox in that case. So his view was, and obviously, you know, he's been an early adopter for Ralph Lauren in the metaverse, selling digital kind of skins and so on. And his view is, well, we don't know, but you've got to be there because that's where young people are. And if your future audience is, you know, Gen Z and Alpha, then, you know, you have to be with the program. And the program is that they live their lives in gaming many hours a week. Um, I personally think it's mostly not there yet for mass adoption. I think it's much further ahead in places like South Korea than it is here in in the West. So our advice would be start to learn, start to experiment, get used to the medium. You know, some brands are going to be early adopters like Nike, as you would expect, and others are just going to watch and wait, which I think is probably quite clever. And do you think physical stores should focus on real-life experiences or merge omnichannel and also the metaverse, maybe, in a single space where people can just go in and explore all these different media? Well, physical space these days is an expensive thing to have. I'm not saying it's a luxury because I do think it's an essential, albeit probably you'll have less of it than in in the previous era because physical retail has certainly been deleveraged by e-commerce. But what remains, 
will be better and needs to be squeezing its lemons, uh, by which I mean making the most of the facilities. I would suggest being open and available when your consumers are up and around, being a media hub as well as being a physical store, conversing with people all over the world, not just necessarily those who've walked in, being a portal, yes, why not, to the metaverse, and absolutely without question, being totally plugged into the omni-channel customer journey. So, you know, you don't need to have as much inventory. You can just be sending things to people, you know, the next day, having, you know, allowed them to scan QR codes, et cetera, or barcodes for whatever it is that they need. So physical experience does need to be utterly combined with the omni-channel opportunity as well, yes. And what is uh, the main purpose of experiential retail? Are sales still relevant or can the bulk of the business be done elsewhere, like online on social media, for instance? Well, there are various models and I think, you know, there's no one answer. So Situ Live, for example, in Westfield um, in London does not sell anything, but it's essentially a, it's retail as a service. So brands like, you know, um, Meta and so on are renting space in order to demonstrate their connected tech. So you go there and you try VR and you, you know, you, you kind of get involved with all this kind of sexy, gorgeous, connected technology that you wouldn't necessarily get to play with elsewhere. And then if you want to buy it, you scan a code and you go through to the website and buy it direct. So that's I think, you know, showrooming, we've been predicting that for many years. That's totally legitimate, but that tends to be retail as a service where it's a permanent pop-up kind of thing. Um, I think if you're Lego, and I was interviewing Lego not that long ago, they were saying, we expect our flagships absolutely to make money. We do not have flagships as a loss leader or a, a kind of brand building exercise. I suspect those days are possibly gone. Who can afford these days really to have a big expensive store that isn't expected to make money? So I think truly experiential retail should be good enough for you to pay to get in. Not necessarily at the front door, but, you know, with Lego, for example, at the, you know, the, the brick uh, space activity. We pay $15 for 20 minutes uh, for one child and one adult. Or, you know, party spaces or the cinema or, you know, styling activities. You know, if it's good enough, people actually will pay. So I personally think flagships need to work very hard indeed. It's not easy. But yes, they should make money and they should be a media hub and they should probably be a portal to the metaverse and they should have constant renewal and cultural connection. <laughs> and the, um, I have to bring this up, the ultra-fast fashion brand, Sheen, is uh, highly data-driven. Will experiential retail still be relevant in the future, or is it going to be all about data strategy for retailers? Well, I think you have to segment according to the target market. So Sheen is obviously ultra low cost, to be honest, let's face it, throw away clothing. Now, that does not, has not, and probably never will go together well with experiential retail, which is fundamentally an expensive thing to create. So yes, Sheen will be forever data-driven. Its margins will be wafer thin. It probably will not be experiential. 
not in a good way anyway. I don't know if you saw the, the recent opening of the Tokyo store, which had people fighting each other. They had to close it down early because they, they couldn't uh, manage the crowd control. That's not the right kind of experience yes. that you want in retail. <laughs> I think the ultra low cost fast fashion does need to probably remain uh, data driven. And your experiential retail will be, I think, more for your sort of medium and upper kind of level <laughs> of sectors. Uh, thank you so much, Kate, for your insights this morning. My uh, pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Stay tuned.